0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Good evening, and this is after the final bell. We are going to be recapping the day of boxing. A lot of boxing to talk about, boxing across the pond, boxing in Las Vegas, boxing on PBC, boxing, 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 a full day of boxing, and we are here to talk about it. If you'd like to call in during the show, the call-in number is 718-508-9852. I'm your host, Giandra LaBeouf, creator of net, joined by Ismail Abdul Salam, creator of Beat Boxing Mayhem. Dot com, and we will be joined shortly by Ryan Bivens, who is on Deadline Media for recapping the PBC tonight. So we are going to get into the, uh, of the boxing today. So, so, Ryan, since he is watching PBC, he will not be chiming in with us on the um, Rio Bradley card, although I'm sure he was watching them all. Uh so we will jump off with that. But first let me bring in Ismael Dufalam who is online now. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing good, a lot better than Brandon Rios is doing at the moment, so I can't complain. Um,
1: man, I you know, I feel sorry for you. he's a really he's a likable guy. I mean that fight went pretty much as expected. But you know, you gotta feel for the guy. At least he was honest about what he was. You know, and he didn't really, I don't know. Do you think he quit? Well, we'll get into all that. So we're going to talk about uh, Rios, Bradley Rios. You know, I wish I had Coolio's Gangster's Paradise uploaded to my console. That's what I was trying to do before the show started, because everything about this Teddy Atlas, Brent, uh, Tim Bradley exchanges during the rounds and after the fight, it just seems so contrived and so ridiculous Look at at me, young man. We're going to fight and we fight to win. It was just too much. It was just too much for me. You know, just stick to it. But it is Teddy Atlas, so what can you do? And um, we'll talk about the fights across the pond a bit. Did you watch the fight card from uh, England today?
2: I caught the main event, uh, so, you know, that was pretty quick. So I caught Caleb Smith uh, getting that. Very impressive knockout. So we can definitely talk about that because this option is really open up now that he has that British title. So there's basically three of the champions that he can go after in his next one or two fights. So he's in a really good position.
1: All right. And so we will talk about that. And, of course, as I mentioned, Ryan Bivens will be talking uh, PBC for us. So, again, if you'd like to call in before we jump right into it, the call-in number is 718-508-9852. Make sure you pay a visit to all of our respective sites, badculture.net, com and Sweet Boxing Ratings. You know, pay us a visit. I don't know about the two of them, but I'm broke. So if you want to hit that, every dollar helps, and every dollar you donate helps keep a hungry website online for another day. And that's always a great thing. Um, also, we'll talk a little bit about Canelo Cotto since we um, just saw the first installment of uh, 24-7. I am highly amused by the 24-7. I only caught the second half of it because I had to retrieve my my wee one before we jumped on the air. And I saw my guy, fake Canelo Larry Trabig, on the broadcast, which is hilarious and I was just in the midst of tweeting a picture of myself with him. And I love this picture because when I first took it, everyone thought that I was taking a picture with Canelo Alvarez. And that guy is uh, a pretty funny guy. So I just tweeted it out. If you're following me, you can see a picture of me with uh, Mr. Not Canelo. He doesn't like for me to call him fake Canelo. He just says call him Not Canelo. But, Enough of the side topics, let's jump into the fight. Do we even dare discuss this 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 debauchery that was vasily Lomachenko and um this kid he was fighting tonight? Let me get the kid's name. That's a damn shame um ko ko kocha ko, ko, uh ramulo- ko, 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 that is who if you were tuned into the uh broadcast tonight on h b o uh, the broadcast opened with Vasily Lomachenko, who is, of course, top ranks current wonderkind, who had an amazing spray tan for his uh, exhibition fight against Romulo, Romulo kosicha Purse amounts 750000 for Lomachenko, $35,000 in a box lunch and an Uber ride to the arena for Koosiccia, with Slomachenko doing as he was expected, just completely annihilating this poor guy who just got thrown into the ring in this obvious, blatant mismatch. Shall we begin with the mismatch itself or the fact that time and time again, we see the other side of the boxing promotional outlet decry what goes on on PBC and their very blatant, obvious mismatch mismatches, but then they give us Lomachenko versus Koa What are your thoughts on that, Ismael? Where shall we begin? Hello? Hello, hello? Hello, hello? Ismael, you still with us? Hello, hello. Oh, just one second. Sorry about that if you tuned into the show. We had a little bit of a technical difficulty, and Ismael Bissalam will be uh, joining us, rejoining us in just a moment. But if you are listening to the show, and you were bothered or not bothered by the mismatch of uh, Lomachenko's matchup tonight, you know, I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the matchup itself. Let's see if we – we have Ryan Bivins with us now. Ryan, can you hear me?
0: Yeah, I can hear you just fine. You know, I, I heard his mail fell off the line, so I thought I'd give you some help.
1: Okay, I appreciate that. Let me see if he's back. He hasn't connected back with us. Well, you yeah. were on duty. Ah, you're here. Great. Okay.
2: So, let, all
1: right, let's talk Lomachenko and um, – Kou- would it. Would the mismatch itself, the outcry of PVC mismatches, you know, where do we begin with this fight?
2: Well, it shows you the difference of what the HBO cosign can do. I mean, like you mentioned, there's not much difference between uh, the favoritism that Lomachenko's been getting with some of these matches and what we see with some PBC fighters, but the big difference is HBO is backing him. You know, so you see how he was talked about during this broadcast. So he's so handsome. He has a nice tan. Everything he does is beautiful. He has the pound-for-pound pound belt, even though there's no pound-for-pound pound belt, but he still has it. So as long as you have that, you know, you can get away with a lot. You know, everything that you do is basically endorsed because they're behind you. Um, it's unfortunate that a guy like Ringendow doesn't have that, but, you know, it is what it is. And Game is really about a lot of different factors that go on outside the ring. Sometimes it's just about what type of nationality you have. Is your nationality one that has a very strong um, fire for boxing? You know, if you don't have that, it can make it a lot more difficult. You know, Dow is also a dark skinned Cuban. A lot of people don't talk about that. A lot of them don't get supported like some of the other Cubans do. You look at him, you look at Gamboa, you know, they don't, you just can't put them down in Miami like we. Used to assume and think they're going to bring in the big audience it doesn't happen like that you know there's a lot of racial bias that goes on even there so Lomachenko is just getting the benefit of what comes with the package that he has in total it's unfortunate that other guys don't get that but that's just the way it is in boxing unfortunately you kind of just have to deal with the hand that's your dealt. um so really if there's still any chance that rigging can fight Lomachenko that's probably his best bet even though there's a big disadvantage. disadvantaged, he really doesn't have any other options. It's really his best bet to get back on, you know, premium cable and get some exposure.
1: So, Ryan, I know you weren't tuned into it. Let me just, uh, get let, I, I just want to get your uh, an abridged commentary on this. So, during the course, so during of, the the course of the broadcast, during the uh, <laughs> who's giving me the feedback?
0: I don't know. Oh, my my
1: okay, well I took my earphones out. Maybe it was me. Anyhow, during the course of the broadcast, they have now anointed Lomachenko the the pound for pound the best pound for pound fighter, the best current pound for pound fighter. Am I getting that right, Ismail?
2: Yes, the top pound for pound fighter in the world, according to Roy Jones and Lambert. Um,
1: <laughs> yes. What do you think about that, Ryan?
2: That's ridiculous.
1: He fought one
0: world-class fighter, Gary Russell Jr., and it was Gary Russell's first legit fight as a pro. <laughs> so he, okay, he fought two world-class fighters. He's one and one. That That's his record against, you know, guys that are legit. And already you're going to rate him pound-for-pound number one? It, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, the top pound-for-pound pound guys, they have, like, like dozens and more of, 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 you know, world-class fighters on their resumes. I mean, talent talent only goes so far. I mean, that's just a reach.
1: Yeah, I, I thought you would enjoy that particularly. Um, yeah, I just wish you would have been on Twitter when it was said uh, the first time. But at any rate, you know, an obvious and complete mismatch. The fight could have been stopped longer than – a lo- A great deal before it actually was stopped. You know, what are they going to do with Lomachenko? Is he going to be the undercard guy that gets crap ass fights on top ranked pay per views? What is the direction? They're calling him out. They want him to possibly fight Rigondo instead of pursuing a legitimate fight with someone like Nicholas Walters. What are your thoughts on potential matchups for Lomachenko, Ismael?
2: Well, because PVC has the Featherweights you know really tied up, he's kinda gonna have to really go through the WBO rankings first if he's gonna stay at uh, one twenty six. Maybe look at Oscar Valdez, uh Jesse Magdaleno, might be some opponents that he can fight, you know, for at least the first half of two thousand sixteen. After that, um, I don't know if he would be interested in moving up and maybe fighting uh Roman Martinez. You know, he's the WBO champion at one thirty. I really hope that he would consider fighting Walters again. Oh, not again, but uh, going into negotiations again. Really, that's the best kind of marquee matchup. This is somebody else close to your weight class. That's got has a lot of exposure on HBO, has beating a top guy in Nuno De Nair. You know, I know he came you know, two pounds overweight in his last fight, but that can be something that can be rectified. Either you do a catchweight or work it out. That's still, to me, the marquee matchup that he needs to make. I know he's talking about he wants to unify uh, 126, but it's not really feasible. You know, at least in Golovkin's case, you know, he is the mandatory for the winner of Canelo Cotto, and then he has somebody else in Andy Lee that wants to fight him, that has a belt. No one else, as far as the PPC fighters, has even mentioned his name, as far as I know. So the whole idea that he's going to unify the featherweight division, to me, is a pipe dream. You know, really, at this point, he should just be pursuing the best possible matchups especially if he's being crowned or pushed by HBO as a top pound-for-pound fighter. That really does all there needs to be said about that.
1: Let them push it. You know, that always happens whenever they do that. It's a death. It seems like whenever they make that push, you know, the fighter gets jinxed. I think they did the same thing with Donaire. So, I mean, hey, let them push it. Let's just see what really happens. Like you mentioned in your Twitter feed, he still does a lot of amateurish Type of things in the ring, for example, fighting for points instead of fighting for the kill. How long do you think it will take him to rectify or reconcile that he is no longer this storied amateur fighter, but he is a legitimate professional and he has to start conducting himself as such?
2: Uh, that amateur kind of style, um, it might not ever go away. I was kind of thinking about that. You know, they lost so much that he had, what, nearly 400 amateur fights? I mean, if we do see it go away, it might not happen until he's 25, 30 fights deep in his career. And then we got to think about it. He might not even be fighting that long. He might not even get to that far. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he hangs it up around 15 to 25 cents, especially if he's trying to fight uh, top-level guys, which is what I'm hoping he's going to be doing. Uh, so it might not ever go away. I think it's kind of like... A facet of his style that's always going to be there. It does make him somewhat unique, but I think it's going to be a dangerous thing if he fights somebody like Walters. You can't be throwing punches like that. You got to be throwing punches that are going to make him take pause. So we'll see if it actually becomes a detriment depending on what guys he fights. Now, let's just.
1: Let's take a look and ryan you can chime in on this even though you didn't you know it's not relevant to tonight's fight let's look at the the landscape of the featherweight division where vasily lomachenko is the wbo champion the top of the divi- the top of the weight division and the respective belts are gary russell jr leo santa cruz lee selby nicholas walters those are among the tops he's already fought gary russell jr so we'll eliminate him from the discussion Ryan, how do you think he matches up against either Leo Santa Cruz or Jesus Cuellar or Lee Selby or Nicholas Walters? Of of those four names, let's just say best-case scenario, there's no politics, there's no grudge match between Heyman and Top Rank and all these other incidentals that go on behind the scenes. How does he match up with the rest of the landscape?
0: Uh, well, he definitely beats Cuellar and Selby. Um, Leo Santa Cruz, I think, can beat him.
1: Mm. Let's see, let's pose it to Twitter. I would appreciate if you gents would pose it to your respective Twitter too. How uh, does show, I beat you to it Oh thank you. What about you, Ismael? Does uh Lomachenko beat Santa Cruz or other way around, or how do you think he fares against the the, the other elite of the division?
2: Santa Cruz, is, especially the way he looked against uh, Mares, that's um, hmm, close to an even fight, but I think I was would uh, hmm, – who would I favor? I think I'm going to favor Santa Cruz because of his output and his size. I think he beats Selby. Uh, I think Warders beats him too. Those are the two guys I would pick to beat him at featherweight. Clearly, everyone else I would give him, I would favor him to win over. Even Gary Russell in the rematch. Last time I talked to Gary Russell, he, he swears if they fight again, it would be totally different. But I think if they were to fight again, Lomachenko would get him again on as strength of this, uh, body puncher. All
1: right. If you are listening to the show, if you are listening to the show, um, and you'd like to chime in on the discussion of uh, the call at number seven one eight five zero eight nine eight five two. Uh, let us now move to the main, again, main event. Tim Bradley, Brandon Rios, Tim Bradley, emerges Victoria. Tim Bradley scores his first knockout win since Jesus was in the manger with the three wise men. Wins by knockout attributes all this newfound success to Teddy Atlas because, of course, Joel Diaz taught him absolutely nothing during all those times he was undefeated and winning world titles. Um, I think that just sucks, the way he's treating Joel Diaz. If you're going to split, you're going to split. It is what it is. It's like, um, you know, when a couple parts ways and they have a kid together. He loves each other at some point, so don't act like the whole relationship was just nothing. So now we get to the conclusion of this fight. You know, Bradley did look good. He did do a couple of different things. And they just go into this whole, you know, dangerous mind exchange at the conclusion of the fight. What did you think of Bradley's performance? Did you really see Teddy Atlas's handprint on Bradley as drastically as they are playing it up to be? It's Maya. Oh, we lost this Maya again.
0: Uh, I didn't get too much of the fight. Um, I only Mm -hmm. caught the end. And, um... Bradley, the way he was dominating wasn't really a surprise to me. I mean, Rios is just kind of a, a walking punching bag in you uh, Well, he put on what twenty twenty three pounds, came into the ring 100, 170 pounds. That's that's not healthy. I mean, that he, is just crazy. I mean, it's no wonder that he got stopped on body shots because the body was clearly soft.
1: Mhm. Mhm. How does one well, even gain twenty three pounds overnight? You're a fighter, uh, Ryan, and you're accustomed
0: to I mean, I can tell you how to gain, like, a little over 10, because that, that's that's the most I've done. Um, <laughs> you know, Beats me out of how you do 23.
1: <laughs>
0: I mean, you, I, I, you, you I must be imagine. dead. You must be dead at the weigh-in for 23 pounds.
1: After Thanksgiving dinner, and that's probably about a good six, I'm ready to curl up into a coma for several days. So I can't even imagine what you eat the night before a fight to gain twenty three pounds, did he go out drinking? I mean, is it alcohol? Can is it even possible? Well, if he was struggling at the scale, he probably hasn't eaten in oh. a week, so he probably ate everything. Oh, there, life. there's
0: another thing. Um, he might not have been really twenty three pounds heavier because I, I I'm told that you know HBO and these other you know TV outlets, they will weigh you like with your clothes on and even with your your cup on, so. That that could have been, like, an additional five pounds or so. I'm just saying. That's still a lot of weight.
1: That's still a lot of weight. Yeah, it is is still a lot of weight. (laughs) 23 23.
0: Who knows? Maybe Brandon Rios was was being a jackass and put some weight in his pocket. I don't know. (laughs) He
1: might have, you know. Or, hell, they might have gone out drinking last night. You never know. But, at any rate, at the conclusion of the fight, uh, Rios announces his retirement, and he cries. He said he's done. He's hanging up the gloves. His body's not the same anymore. He's done, and he's time, it's time to wrap it up. And I can respect that. You know, I'm not going to talk about Rio's dad because I, I enjoy him, and I enjoy him as a person, and I enjoyed his fight style for what it was. You know, he's not some slick boxer and you're not going to see a big, huge chess match. You're going to see a, a guy who plods forward and leads with his head. And, you know, he fights in a stereotypical Mexican style. And so I can respect and appreciate him for what he was. But, you know, I feel the guy. He said it's time. It's time. So, you know, did you you think he got one more fight in him, like, against a Victor Ortiz or is he done?
0: Oh, yeah, Victor Ortiz for sure because they're both done.
1: Why don't we? I don't know what's happening with Ismail. He's having some, some real issues I'm trying to stay connected. So, why don't we switch now over to PBC and I'll let you recap PBC. And then, when we hit and get him back on the line, we'll talk about uh, the fights from England earlier today and we'll talk a little bit more about Bradley Rios. Not really a whole lot to talk about, but um, I'll let you go ahead and talk about PBC.
0: Well, on TBC, it was headlined by Frederick Lawson, who was twenty-four and zero with twenty knockouts versus Kevin Bezier, um, who's the uh, I think French Canadian. He fought Jojo Dan twice, uh, lost both times, and so this was an IBF welterweight title eliminator, and the winner uh, would become mandatory to fight Cal uh, Brook. It was expected that Lawson would be that guy, but Baizera he, he um, uh, put on the performance of his career, at least from from what I've seen. Um, they, they went toe to toe in the open around, you know, kinda uh banging on the inside. And Bajia was just the stronger guy. Um, I think he outweighed him in the ring hundred and sixty point eight pounds to one hundred and fifty five pounds. Um, but uh just the weight alone I don't think that that would have been enough to to make this, this level of power difference. Um, Lawson he he like had to revert to kinda boxing with his back towards the ropes and, and circling around the ring. Um, you know, he he you was know, sneaking some jabs and, and some decent shots from here and there, but Vizier you know, he had a high guard, and he just kind of p- picked the shots off and walked through everything that was thrown at him and, uh, you know, bullied him around the ring. I thought he won every round. And in round five, he scored a knockdown. He hurt, lost him with uh, right hands uh, three different times in the round. One of the times he got a, a knockdown because, um, Lawson nearly fell through the ropes. So yeah, it was an endowment <laughs> performance. Um, you know, Lawson. I think he he previously had a a tough fight with Bradis Prescott, who was on the undercard. But before the TV fight, see, he he won unanimous decision on the undercard. But I, I didn't see the fight. So uh, yeah, maybe Prescott is, is is in play again. Um. In this PBC world Who knows All I know is Loss I mean Baisier Is now In line to fight uh Kell Brook And you know uh, Baisier's Two losses Are to um, Jojo Dan Right And Jojo Dan Already fought Kell Brook. And that was not Hard work For Kell Brook At all Now maybe This version of Baisier Could be Jojo Dan <laughs> But Does he stand In Against Brook? Uh, I don't think so But uh, Yeah that, that That looks like is gonna be next because Brooke um due to his injury and, and because he's 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 gonna be sitting out for a while like he, he had to pull out a day which I would fight. Doesn't look like he's gonna be on this uh December fight card. So by the time uh Brook is ready to fight again, uh the IBF is probably gonna uh, make his mandatory uh due. So uh, yeah, look look for uh Brook versus um Bezier in uh, early two thousand
1: sixteen. Interesting. Uh, I think Ismael's back uh, along with us. I remember, I think we were all together watching the Jojo Dan-Brooke fight. That was the fight that Brooke, um, right after he had come back from being stabbed in a leg or something like that, was that wasn't that his first yeah, fight yeah. back? Yeah, it
0: might, might have been that
1: one. Yeah, I remember that fight, and that just looked like a complete... I remember, if I remember correctly, Kel Brook made easy, easy work of... of, of, of um, Jojo Dan, what do you think about that uh, Ismael Bezier and Kell Brook? Or do you want Kell Brook to just kind of hang out there and see what happens with Khan? Is this a fight <laughs> he needs? Is this a high-risk, little reward? You know, what does this fight do for him in the interim?
2: Well, being that the ring has him ranked number 10 on the town for pound list, um, he needs to get active. So I think it's a better fight than the Diego Chavez fight. Um And I think if we got the same Vizier that performed today as far as coming forward, trying to work the body, um, I think it'll be a decent fight for maybe the first three rounds. But, you know, Brooke is just such a better fighter. At that point, it'll start to become a beating. But I think it's a viable fight. I mean, in the meantime, um, he's another guy that doesn't really have a lot of options. Uh, He can try and maybe see if he can push for a unification with Bradley. But I think the fact that they're already floating as ridiculous as it is, a possible Canelo-Bradley fight, you know, he's not going to be looking in Brooks' direction until he's sure that fight's not going to happen, speaking about Bradley. All
1: right. All right. Once again, you are listening to After the Final Bell. We are recapping uh, the weekend in boxing. If you'd like to call 718-508-9852. Chiandra LaBeouf dot net. Ismail Salam of Beast Boxing Mayhem. Ryan Bivis of Sweet Boxing Ratings. We are here, we are talking boxing and yeah. We are giving you what you wanna hear or maybe we're not, but you're listening and we like that. So right. let us there
0: was uh there was a co cool feature on the card that I should bring out. Go for it. Yeah, that was uh Walter Castillo and uh Keita Obara.
1: Obara oh, I is thought
0: uh that fight- yeah, he's a fighter from Japan. Um Pretty good record, um, but, you know, we never really saw him against guys, you know, that, that we would be familiar with here in the United States. So it, it was interesting. And, you know, Gatillo, he was, he was coming off um, one of his children that died recently. And uh, mm. so, like, he had, like, a whole bunch of motivation to, to really dig this one out. And I thought he was going to do it because um, starting off, I, I think he had um, he had Obara, who was 15-1, um, hurt pretty bad in the second round. But um, Obara, you know, he came, he regrouped, he came back um, from round three onward, he pretty much pitched a shutout, at least in my opinion. But the problem was, the judges saw some shit that I just did not see. I had to fight 118 to 110 for Obara. Um, Two of the judges scored it, 114-114, and the other judge had a 115-113 for uh, Obara. So the fight was a majority uh, draw. And, you know, the fans booed uh, the PBC on NBC Sports commentary. You know, they disagreed. um, Obama clearly won the fight. This is, you know, one of the worst scorecards in 2014, this draw. And, I mean, these Japan fighters, you just can't catch a break. (laughs) All all the Kamado brothers are losing on PBC. And uh, now this guy, uh, he dominates the fight, and he uh, he gets a draw. So, um, damn. It's just rough. Uh, Castillo, um, I guess I'm happy for him in a way, uh, you know, because he did just lose a child. And that, that's got to be rough. So maybe this is just like, you know, um, some some, some blessings. you know. But uh, yeah, he took a beating for the most part. He he would land intermittently, like good shots, because uh, Obara's you know head movement is not that great. Exceptional footwork for a Japanese fighter, but his head movement—you know—he just kind of would just pull straight out from shots. And he, so when when Castillo let his hands go, he would he, would, he would hit Obara, but Obara was throwing way more punches, landing way more punches, and he was throwing the harder shots. I mean, like I said, apart from that round two, I believe it was um, Obara was the one who was doing most of the damage. So, like I said, I just I, I don't see what the judges saw. But it, it was an entertaining fight. Oh, it was it was an entertaining card. You know, it was uh, uh, both fights definitely better than the um, the Lomachenko fight, and I didn't even watch that fight. <laughs>
1: you missed nothing.
0: But yeah, so that, I mean, that was that was the PBC on NBC Sports.
1: And as far as uh, let's see the rest of the broadcast on, the top ranked broadcast on the undercard a friend of our ruckus show, Mike Yes Indeed Reed was on the broadcast easily they looked really good, I thought he looked pretty good against Rondell Give'em Hill Hubbard, I love that name it just sounds so, Rondell Hubbard get your ass in here, I just love the way his name sounds, it takes me back to childhood, but Mike Reed, looked great, looked sharp, you know he's He's doing his thing. He's doing what he needs to do. He's winning these fights and he's looking uh good doing and do, looking good doing it. Ismail, did you have a chance to watch Mike and D Mike and D, Yes and D Reeds fight?
2: I didn't get a chance to, but I was reading on Twitter just exactly what you were saying, that he was looking good, uh good it was stopping, didn't he? So they were saying that it was a good stoppage. So I think going into 2016, you know, he's a top uh, prospect. I think he's ready to take that leap into, um, you know, facing a contender. So I hope Top rank sees the same thing and doesn't just, you know, keep him, you know, just treading water and keep this competition raising up. I think he's ready for it.
1: Definitely. Uh, The best scrap of the undercard was Mariaga versus Guillermo Avila. That was a nice, nice little fight. A lot of back-and-forth action. Pretty, le- pretty evenly split over the rounds, but then uh, Miguel Mariaga started pulling away. Worst ring announcer ever. I didn't even know that the fight had really concluded or we got some scores or anything, but that definitely was the better fight on the undercard to me. Yo, definitely it was than...
0: that guy up. Hold on, let me get his name. <laughs> I remember I, I took note of it at the time. His Poor name guy. was... Uh... Bob Nassman, he Bob. was the best ring announcer for the, uh, I think it was the, which fight was it?
1: The That fight, Mariaga
0: versus... Oh, yeah, uh... okay, the Mariaga fight, right. Yeah, that... <laughs> He had no enthusiasm at all. Like he, he looked like he was reading something for the first time in his life, like completely Ever. unfamiliar.
1: <laughs> it, it literally sounded like, and um Miguel Mariaga, Michigan. Wait, what? It was terrible. And at first I thought, well, maybe I'm just being a troll because I am. I'm not a troll on Twitter, but I'm a troll in real life. And if you know me in real life, you know very well that I'm a troll. And I thought, well, maybe I'm just being an ass and he's not that bad. But then when Ryan Bivens retweeted everyone in his timeline, saw the same thing that I was Everybody seeing.
0: Everybody was trolling the guy. It's
1: awful. It, uh, I need some sound bites of him for the Ruckus console. That would be pretty awesome. But I just want to know how he got that job. They could have hired me. They could have Skyped me in to do that. And I would have been fantastic. I'd
0: <laughs> the best one was uh, I met Gray Johnson, who's the editor at BoxRack. He said Bob Maspin announces the fight like he's working at the DMV. <laughs>
1: Twenty-four. Now the words was at the conclusion of the fight When he was given the scores And you know how usually they're all Max DeLuca scored the fight 24 to 42 uh, Adelaide Burke He was just like The scores are 80-72 Mariaga And we were like Okay well maybe it's a split draw But he never talked anymore. And it was so bad. You could tell even Christina Poncher and and Colonel Bob Sheridan were like, uh, you know, they didn't know they were supposed to start talking again. So, I don't know. Don't give him that job anymore. Top rank, if you need me because you can't hire sweet baby Ray Flores because he does PVC. give me a call. You know, I, I can be out there. I can put a nice black suit on and everything, and I guarantee I will be sufficiently better than what you had out there. And you probably don't even have to pay. Well, I wonder if they did pay him. What does a ring announcer make who's not Michael Buffer? Hmm. I don't know. I'd be like to know. Not because I count other people's money, but that's the HR in me just likes to know these things, how much that skill set costs. So, again, top rank, if you need me, I got you. Call me. I'll come out and do a fight for you. I'll, hell, I'll do the first one for free. Yeah, just kidding. I'll do it for you for a reasonable rate. So, anyway, yes, so that was the uh, top-ranked card. Ryan held down the PBC. Ryan, did you see any of the English cards?
0: Yeah, today? I watched the main event. That was, that was the only fight I watched because I was uh, running 10 miles before that.
1: Oh. How was that? Uh, it
0: was a whitewash. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Rocky Fielding got ran over in one round. Um, Smith's uh Smith, uh I, who I think is deserves to be top ten at, at one sixty eight now, based off how well they did in this fight. He he knocked him down three times and uh the referee just, just waved it off. Um uh, uh, got blitzed. You know, Fielding was coming off of a win over Brian Vera where he knocked him out like two rounds. So like people were like, you know, pumped over this fight, but Here's the thing: Brian Bell was shot, and the referee cheated him. <laughs> like it wasn't it wasn't legit two round knockout. You'd have to see the fight to see what I'm talking about. Nonetheless, uh, this fight uh, was you know a battle of unbeaten, you know rising, uh, I guess fringe contenders, and uh, Smith just showed he was a, a class or or more above Fielding. But um, Philly did, uh, you know, he he kind of recovered a little bit after the first knockdown. It was starting to come on, but uh, as soon as he did, Column dropped it again, and then, you know, that was pretty much all she wrote um, the, the rest of the fight. So it wasn't competitive.
2: Ryan, who do you think is going to be the, the best chance for him to get a title shot? Because, um... I think he's the number one contender for the WBC with Badu Jack, but I don't know how realistic that is. So, do you think it's a better chance for him maybe fighting um, the Abraham Murray winner or fighting the winner of DeGale and uh, Butte? Because both of those guys are fighting in the next uh, two weeks.
0: Well, Abraham is probably tired of fighting people from the UK. Um, I think <laughs> their negotiations are underway for him to fight Bernard Hopkins. So. Hmm. Uh, I, but I'd have to check the B.O. rankings to be, to be sure about column chances of that. I wouldn't put him in a world title fight just yet. Uh, I don't think Rocky Fielding is necessarily world class. I mean, he's like the best fighter he could have fought domestically. Um, that hasn't, you know, reached the world class level yet. But I would put him there with a guy like uh, the guy that just lost to body the jack. Um, good. Right. Uh-huh. Like that 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 should be like, you know, a, a big fight domestically. And um it would really tell us where, where a guy like Townsman is. But you know, even even finding growth next is a big jump. So it might have to step it back a little bit and, and you know, fight some guys. You kind know, of just just outside of the top ten. Um, huh, let me let me just make suggestions. All right middleweight let's see the guys he could fight, uh Blake Caparello, um uh, Doctor um Vincent butz who I think is the interim WBA champion. And uh Jose Uskidgoy. Uh, who's the guy who just, you know had a pretty pretty impressive uh victory on the star group. TBC car recently, where he upset, I think, uh, one of the uh, the Jackson brothers. Yeah, he upset Julius Jackson with the second round knockout. Yeah, th- those are the level of fire I'll put them in against.
2: Okay.
1: Well, gentlemen, I think that is all we have for tonight. We... Whoa, whoa, whoa.
2: We, we forgot. Our, our man, Ruth Provodnikov, the call. Did we talk about his? station on knockout victory.
1: Right. Ah, yes. That was... He still looked like the same guy. Apparently, Joel Diaz did not have this Illuminati, Jesus Christ effect on Ruslan Provodnikov like Teddy Atlas had on Tim Bradley because he looked like the same old Ruslan to me. Still not moving his head. Moved his feet a little bit more, but I mean... And then the, the knockout wasn't that spectacular. It looked kind of... Uh, Greg Louganis-ish, if you ask me. But I don't know. Maybe maybe that's just me. What did you think of Ruslan Cobb? Do you think he looked that much better or worse or great or not so great or what? Look like I the mean, same old you Ruslan. Could,
2: you could resurrect Eddie Futch and Manuel Stewart. They could train him for a full year and you would still get the same Ruslan. He's not changing. You know, so... Okay. That, that's probably the easiest job you can have as a trainer. You just, you know, make sure he stays <laughs> hydrated in the corner. That's that's all. He's not, <laughs> Ryan, he's did not, he's
1: not
2: changing. Ryan, so did again? you
1: see Ruth fight? Did you see Ruth fight, Ryan?
2: Oh, Ryan. Um, no, I didn't watch it. Yeah, I'm do a link right now uh, so you can check it out. I
0: was interested because he wasn't fighting a legit guy. He's fighting the prospect. <laughs>
1: We watch but lots of watch, fights where they're not you watch every
2: you. fight. You watch fights in third world countries as a uh, yes, boy brain. it's true,
0: stuff. but, I mean, I got a fight in two weeks.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I got better <laughs> shit to do.
1: Lies. you going to watch it. By the time we do the we watch racket, it later, I
0: obviously, but, you know, but at the time I was busy.
1: Yeah, okay. We know you're going to watch it. you like a crack scene. We're going to start calling you <laughs> Ashley Legs.
2: No, I know uh, what the deal was. You know, Ryan got a new boot. That's with what, you. That's what was happening. That's where he was busy.
1: Oh shoot! Yep, Ryan was out doing his uh <laughs> That's
2: B-. why you were busy. Yo, yo, yo! I'm,
0: I'm, my mind not on that, that stuff right now. Okay, I focus on the after the fight. But you know, I'm in fight
1: mode. Have you been taking lessons from Malik Scott? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm sure he I I Mac I just, haven't really, I just haven't been putting pictures up of her and shit it's, that's all, but uh, yeah, I've been with her for like what four or five months, something like that.
1: She's cute. I saw the one that's cute. good job I approve no problem well, anyway I think that's it, kids. I think you guys don't aren't really particularly interested in hearing about Ryan's personal life. or maybe you are, but you know that's a whole other show. Maybe we'll get Ryan to host a a relationship show on the on the on the wow, <laughs> Ryan, also, I know I got disconnected for a
2: little bit, so we talked about Rios and all that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, Rio's we, retired. In all in all, honesty, go ahead, it's my go ahead and. Uh, Give your thoughts on Rio since you did get cut off.
2: Oh, well, I mean, this is a sport where you cannot play around. You know, you cannot cut corners in boxing. You know, it's obvious that he didn't take care of his body during this little layoff that he had. Was it, a 23-weight uh, gain in the span of 24 hours? There's nobody that can, that can function with that type of weight gain. You're going to be lethargic. You're not going to be yourself. You're going to be slow, and you're going to be weak. So you couple all that with fighting an elite fighter. You know, we can say Timothy Riley's not a hard hitter, but he's still a grown man, and he's an elite fighter. At that type of pace and that type of punches he was landing on him, that was bound to happen. So I wasn't surprised that he went down. And I don't think it was a quick job. I just think he got the fight beat out of him. You know, he was mentally and physically not ready. So when you start even thinking about retirement like that, you know, then it's time to really hang it up. So he's making the right decision. I just hope that it's going to be a decision that fits, because you know, of course, when you get home and you start thinking, you say, "Well, I didn't train properly. If I really train right, maybe I can do it again." That's when those start, uh, those thoughts start coming in. So I hope that doesn't happen, and I hope that he actually fits with this retirement.
1: You know, and the, and it's real, real. In all honesty, when they had the first press conference to announce that fight here in Los Angeles, you could tell then that Rios that checked out. You know, if you go back and on the you know shameless plug on my YouTube channel, and you look at the the video I did with him, not for Boxing Channel, just you know some video I shot of him myself, and you could just tell from his energy, we know what kind of Brandon Rio to expect before a fight. You know, a lot of energy, you know, a lot of jovialness, a lot of jokes, and he just seems so out of it. And at that press conference, he was just off to himself. It was just him. Robert Garcia, I think his wife was there, and maybe like a brother or a cousin or something like that. And he was just so withdrawn. And you could tell then he had no interest in the, he really had no interest in the fight. You know, he had the interest in the check. But he had no interest in the fight. And then tonight, you know, when they were doing the whole, the trailers and the, the packets before the bout, he said he didn't want to do it. He said the first two weeks of camp were terrible because he had to lose weight. He called his wife and told his wife, you know, I don't think I can do this. And she pretty much told him, shut the hell up. If I got to go to work every day, you got to go to work every day. <laughs> and so he had to suck it up and do what he, he got to do. But, you know, very insightful, the fact that his wife said that, you know, she was at work every day. Boy, they must have went through that Pacquiao money because that. What is anybody remember what he made for fighting Pacquiao? I know it's some good money.
2: I don't know. That's what I was about to say. This, the fact that she's still working. And here's the interesting thing that you mentioned. This shows us how smart uh, Marcos Madonna is. Because you know he got. Hello. Uh,
0: it's my hold off again. Oh. Uh...
1: Oh, there you go. Go ahead. You cut out for a second. You said Marco's Madonna, and then we didn't hear anything else after that.
2: Oh, okay. I was saying it shows how uh, Madonna is because, you know, he's taking his money, and he knows his heart is not in it, and he's not going to try and half-ass it and BS. And like, I'm retired. He's like, I made my money. I'm not motivated to fight anymore, so I'm not going to try and, you know, get in the ring and embarrass myself. Mm -hmm. You know, so the fact that he knows that, you know, just shows how uh, smart he is.
1: And we know from watching 24-7, Marcos Maidana is frugal with his money. Yeah. He's probably still yeah. eating top ramen and driving a Datsun. <laughs> you know, is out in the woods with a gun tattooing himself and getting fat and as happy as can be. He probably, he's probably living the exact same life he was living before the two Floyd fight, And he got two bites of the apple. So. Yeah, he can
2: live off that the rest of his life comfortably.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And that's just that money, you know. He probably still gets, you know, speaking engagements. You know, all the little bullshit money that people get after they win something. Nobody booked me for nothing yet, but I'm available if you want me to speak to you. So, most of my Donna on how to come into a lot of money and do it right. And I think I there was an interview where Rio said something like he kind of blew through the money kind of quick. That's that's, yeah, man. I don't know. Mm. I feel for the guy, though. I got a lot. I got love for Brandon Rios. I like the dude. So if this is his wishes, I wish him nothing but the best. And who knows? You never know. Rios might be that guy that goes on to be like Phil Jackson and just becomes the next best thing in (laughs) training. You never, ever know. You never know. You know, you, you You just play the cards that are dealt to you. So anyway... I think that is it, unless we have anything else to touch upon before...
0: LRS is asking us a question. He wants to know, would we prefer Bradley versus Pacquiao 3 or Bradley versus Canelo? Oh, my God.
2: Those choices. Um, You know what? I said on on Twitter earlier that if Canelo-Bradley happens, I would never forgive Canelo because that would mean that he would be running away from Golovkin. So mm-hmm. just for his sake and his reputation, <laughs> I guess I need to go with Tagging uh, Al Bradley as much as I wouldn't want to see it again. But that would mean at least we would get to see – I'm assuming Canelo wins. That means at least we would still get to see uh, Canelo win Golovkin fight.
1: Oh, here's a better question. And I'm going to throw it to Ryan. Ryan, what would you rather? Pacquiao Bradley, Pacquiao Mayweather?
2: Oh, Hmm.
0: Pacquiao Bradley, because uh, I really want to see what this Teddy Ellis thing is, is going to do. And, you know, I, I, if, if Pat Bradley does beat uh, Pacquiao, uh, maybe Mayweather comes out of retirement and fights
1: what if Cotto beats What if Kodo beats Canelo? Do we get the bat Do we get the battle of battle tested guys with their old ass trainers, and that becomes a build up? Freddie Roach versus <laughs> Teddy Allen?
0: Yeah, I, 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 that fight needs to be at a catch weight though, like 150 pounds or something.
1: I'm just mortified at the fact that all these people are fighting for a belt and not fighting at the actual weight. There's no <laughs> fundamental problem with that. You've got a middleweight title fight happening in two weeks that is not at middleweight, and then the winner of that fight will fight another guy for the middleweight title not at middleweight. Well, what the hell do we even have a middleweight division for?
0: All right.
1: We'll just call it whatever the fuck you feel like weighing. My God. Ryan, you want to fight
0: for the middleweight belt? um, Shit, if I make 160 pounds, yeah. (laughs) You don't even have to make 160 pounds. well, that that would be like the lowest weight of my life, Well, at least since I was a young
1: teenager. Smile. <laughs> you want to? You want to? You want to get a bite of an apple too?
2: Look, oh, man.
0: Yeah,
2: man. I'm gonna go to yeah, the man. the next WBA convention, and I'm gonna be a champion at 168, 160, and 154 at the same time.
1: Yes. I'm Good pretty idea. sure
2: they allow it if I give them, give them enough money.
0: Yeah, you. Yeah, I don't him. think no one's ever done that. Um, been championing those three way classes at the same time.
2: Ah, history. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. When, when Sugar Ray fought, um, Lelandie, What didn't he? Wasn't it like two belts at the same time, two divisions? But well, he had to a middleweight title. So he
0: uh-huh. wait. Wait, hold on. Sugar Ray Leonard. You said? Oh, yeah. okay. Leonard. Leonard. He had. Let's see. Oh, right. It was, for, it was for the middleweight and the light heavyweight at the same time. I mean, no, super middleweight okay, and light heavyweight. But he was, he was a middleweight champion then. So, he already he was, showed, okay. It was such a bogus fight. I mean, come, come on. You, <laughs> you you drain the light heavyweight champion down to, to 168 so you can fight for the vacant 168-pound title. I completely did that shit.
2: Star power. You got that name. Hey, people you can love do whatever you want. I mean, we see it now. It was no different they in the 80s. Up.
0: You know, people talk about how, how Mayweather, you know, gets over on the system. Sugar Ray did that shit way worse. And <laughs> I, I, for some reason, he, years later, he gets a pass for it. And uh, I don't know, man. Um, you know, he, he, did he fight Duran, uh, Hagler, and Leonard? Yes, he did fight. And, hell, yeah, he fought, um, I mean, Willemette uh, says, says, too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, he fought what, four great fighters there. And But, you know, apart from that, uh, a lot of picking and choosing, a whole lot of picking and choosing. And most of the time, you pick nobody. <laughs> so that, that's all I got to say about Sugar Lantern for this show. <laughs> so, yeah, there, I, see, I see
2: you're a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> now, can you give some love? My man had a detached retina. He had to be a little selective for a couple of years.
0: <laughs> a couple of years, like a you know, decade.
2: Just a, a couple, you know, from about 82 to, what, 85?
0: Well, you also got to include, you know, his, his stints in retirement because that, that, that was pretty much, you know, choosing, you know, not to fight because he was worried about what would happen if he did.
2: I think the Hagler thing is kind of the, the biggest thing to me. The fact that... Not the fact that he waited, but the fact that he had brought him out there. They had that big ceremony, whatever it was, to announce what they thought was going to be a fight or way Hagler thought there was going to be a fight, just to say, no, it's never going to happen. I'm sorry.
0: Mm-hmm. I
2: mean, that was just humiliating. I'm going to see if I can track that down. I don't think you've ever seen that, DeAndre, but yeah, he literally trotted Hagler out there. They were all dressed up in Texas like they are about to announce a fight, and he gets on the mic in the middle of the ring. And just says, nah, it'll never happen. It would have been a great fight, but no.
1: <laughs>
2: it was basically like, you just leave. <laughs> yes,
1: that is awesome. Please plug me with that. Please, please. Yeah, i see please. if
2: I can find that for you.
1: That is great. That's terrible. Who does that? That's that mind
2: game for you, right there.
1: I'll tell you what I am looking forward to seeing. I saw a commercial for it when I was watching the English stream for this, uh, this Tyson Fury Klitschko, like the English version of face-off. Did you see the commercial for that today? That looks so so amazing. I, it it looks absolutely amazing. It looks far better than face-off because Tyson Fury is just a damn fool. He really is crazy, like really crazy. And I'm and I'm here for every bit of it. He is an absolute nut. I think he is, um, what did, what did Klitschko say on our conference call? He's bipolar. What else did he say about him? He said a whole bunch of choice things. He has some great...
2: You know, there's another thing we forgot to, well, not forgot to talk about, but I wanted to get your opinion, Ryan. What did you think about um, Povetkin's win over Walker? what do you think his chances are going to be against uh, Wilder if they do fight?
0: Uh, that was an interesting fight because Walks actually did pretty decent for, like, the first six rounds, um, simply because he's so damn tall. So, I mean, that Wilder's going mean, to have the same problem as Wilder. And, you know, Wilder's much more athletic, uh, punches harder, uh, probably doesn't take a punch as well. So this could be a bit of a firefight. Like, I can see both guys getting dropped. Um, could be a great fight. Um, but Wilder's gonna fight I think Zara Glasgow in January and uh, uh the Bevekin fight will happen. not to write um Glasgow off, but he has robbed like two or three different people already and um, Wilder's not gonna <laughs> be the fourth. So uh <laughs> no, he's overdue for a loss, is all I gotta say. And um, you know, Wilder can punch and I, I just I just don't see I just don't see Glasgow winning that fight. So, um, Wilder versus Pavekin, probably around April. Interesting fight. Like, Rashkov is kind of a, a good warm-up for, for Pavekin, I think. And uh, Walk was, uh, you know, at least had the height of, of Wilder. So, indeed, this could be interesting. And both guys could have come in better than they were in the previous fights.
2: Do you think that fight happens over here in the States, or do you think it ends up over in um, Russia, Wilder and Pavekin?
0: Mm, that's all. Well now that Al is uh you know, if, if he believes that Wilder can really win the fight and based off the P- versus Walk, I, I actually do believe Wilder can win the fight. Um he might, you know, lay down a lot of money, you know, to make sure it happens over here. And uh 'cause he, you know he has the money. The guy has hundreds of millions of dollars. Um I mean, not him personally but his investors and you know. He's a powerful man, that's all I gotta say. So, you know, Paveca, he's probably going to have to travel. But, yeah, but, like, if, if, if it looks like water would really, you know, just be giving the bell away, then, uh, yeah, they would probably have it in
2: Russia. And one last thing, people. We have to say a prayer for Dennis Lebedez to make sure he does not come up dirty yes, on his please. post-fight test and that this please, win please over the Coyote Because I'm no, not going to
1: I wish I could hold nah. hands with the two of you and have a prayer circle about it because we know that Matisse Coyote is synonymous with opponents testing dirty. Oh man, you know the day of the Kodo media workout here in L.A. was the afternoon after. Right before I went to that was when Coyote got his clock cleaned by Lebedev, and you know at the gym they were a little like, "Ooh, shitty, I knocked her out," but you know. Coyote got got about nineteen lives. You don't have nine lives. You got nineteen. So love a death test dirty. I'm gonna be really annoyed. Really, really, really annoyed. <laughs> oh, here we go. I'm looking at the gram, and apparently Joel Diaz is already talking. Oh wow! And we knew that was coming. Who didn't see that coming? Grudge match ass fight. I would love to see Teddy convince Bradley to take the fight. I welcome a fight with him to see the job that Teddy has done with him, or even with Victor Ortiz, because I didn't see anything to impress me on this fight. What took him so long? It was twenty percent of Brandon left in his career.
0: <laughs> wow! Rios ever been stopped before? What do you mean? What took him so long? Teddy I couldn't stop Rios. <laughs> exactly.
1: Well, that's with uh, Joe. These are a direct quote from.
0: Well, you know that guy's better. I'm, I'm honestly
1: not mad that Bradley left him. No, but Bradley—he ain't being—he's he not being cool though. They could have done—they could have handled that better. You know, when they first parted, you know, it was—it was cool, and then now Bradley's doing all that talking. It reminded me, what was the other fight where Tim Bradley was doing all that talking, trying to talk smack before the fight? Oh, I, I think don't before like when
2: the Pacquiao tried- fight.
1: Yeah, trying to play yeah, the bad okay, guy. Before the
2: first yeah. one. or, or Maybe it, it was the second one. Uh, well, I think, no, you're right. It was the first one because he had that big ticket uh, blown up saying there's going to be a, a Pacquiao Bradley, too, because I'm certain I'm going to win and all that stuff. Yeah. It was the first fight.
1: Yeah. The, the bad guy role doesn't suit him because he's just not that guy. That's just not his personality, and it just seems contrived when he I does know. it. So
0: since he's not that guy. And Pacquiao is about to retire. And the other top future welterweight at top rank is Terrence Crawford. How the hell do you market that fight? Hmm.
1: Crawford-Pacquiao?
0: Oh, Crawford versus Bradley. Because Pacquiao is not going to fight Crawford, and he might not fight Bradley again. Who knows? And either way, he's going to retire after his next fight. Bradley's probably going to stick around, and Crawford is definitely sticking around. So you figure they're gonna eventually fight.
1: Let's see. Maybe they'll do maybe we'll get Pacquiao Provotnikov and we'll get (laughs) let's see. Let's just just do some weird stuff here. Maybe we'll get we'll get maybe we'll get Crawford Vargas and we'll get Pacquiao Pravotnikov and we'll get Bradley Canelo or Cotto?
0: I'm mm,
2: not crazy <laughs> about that, but it's some, possible. I,
1: I'm not crazy about none of them, but I could just see them doing some retarded, nonsensical things. And where's Amir Khan? And he's still going to be the bridesmaid.
2: It might work out in his favor this time around, because the Pickens are kind of slim as far as marketable matchups, but... um. Mm-hmm. He needs to go on.
1: Well now that um Eddie Hearn is, is PBC England, they might as well go on and make that Kell Brook fight.
0: <laughs> yeah, they should. Yeah. You know, easy one to make Yeah. Eddie
1: Eddie Hearn is PBC England. So you know, spare the spare the nonsense and just go on and make the damn fight. And let Crawford get Pacquiao and let Bradley fight somebody. Let him have his rematch with Provodnikov. So well, he can say. To, um,
2: Saddam Ali, I think, is his number one contender. Yeah, he he's to he's
0: supposed to be the mandatory, isn't
2: he? They're
1: going to give Saddam so <laughs> Ali money because they want to build it up for him to but get hold this. Hold on. But but like this,
0: really wasn't this fight supposed fight. to be a step aside already? I think
1: so. Yeah, but so. that'll mean he's probably going to step aside again because they want to give Bradley. They probably want Bradley to fight so they can say, oh my God, Joel Diaz never taught him any head movement and he's just so sublimely better with Teddy Atlas and their relationship marriage is so cerebral and that's why he's so much better. Give me a break. (laughs) It's going to be all fun and games until Teddy got to go work the PBC desk and then uh, they're going to have a problem. So... That's what we'll do. We see. Have a, what, what's
2: what, the um the fights we got next week? anybody now?
1: Uh let me pull up the
0: schedule. Uh, next we'll week we'll talk about that on the Rockets on Tuesday.
1: We're gonna talk about <laughs> no, it now. <laughs> no,
2: <I'm kidding>. Ryan's <laughs> well you know, no, Ryan just, does have a fight coming up. We gotta you know, we to make sure he gets his rest.
1: Ryan ain't got a fight for two weeks. Ryan's fight is the same weekend as Cotto Canelo. Ain't nobody worried about Ryan.
2: Yeah, this is, uh, this is this is the this is the setup fight for the Stubbs fight. We gotta make sure he looks good. Oh yeah, fight.
0: Stubbs. Oh, that's Stubbs right. are <laughs> easy work, okay? Um that <laughs> fight is gonna be at like a catch weight of two hundred and fifty pounds or so. <laughs> so. So, um I'm basically gonna show up at my walking around weight, so like at like around one eighty five or so, you know. Um Stubbs. Uh yeah, I hope he makes weight.
1: Brian Vivens, um, I hate you.
0: If but if, if you don't make weight, I'll fight him anyways. It don't really matter, because <laughs> <laughs> all I got to do is dance around the guy, and after about a round, he he he's just gonna quit on the stool because he's gonna be tired of chasing me.
1: Oh my god! Hey, oh, uh, hey, uh, what you call the fights next week? Bermaine Stavern fights next week.
2: And I'm pretty sure it's not gonna be on TV either.
1: No, it's on Showtime. Frank Gillard's is headlining. Mermaid Saverne's on the card. Jervonta Davis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on TV. And then um, no, that fight's not on TV. None of these are on TV. And then on the 20th, uh, they must have taken Glenn Tapia off. I thought Glenn Tapia was supposed to make his middleweight debut on the 20th. That's what he told us. But I don't know. Maybe Cotto got pissed and him up after giving him that mouse under his eye during training camp. Cotto might <laughs> I mean, I'm interested to see how uh,
2: how he looks after that thorough fight.
1: Oh, uh, you probably so gave him a, a what? Disaster. I mean, man, look at the video. Look at the look Coto gave me in the video. Uh, you know, <laughs> he looked at me like what, girl? Until he saw that I asked him a legitimate a legitimate question, then he looked a little friendlier. Hey, Miguel Coto. Um, so. I don't know. We'll see. Our guy LRS said that today Amir Khan was sitting next to Eddie Hearn at the fight tonight. Hopefully they're talking the Brooks fight. I hope so, too, because that fight makes sense and it's a good fight. I would enjoy that fight very, very much. And if I had my, my Euros up, I would go across the pond for that. But more than likely, unless some miracle happens, I will be watching that fight. Probably in my bed on First Road Sports. Shout out to stream, but you didn't hear that from me. So, yes, we, we, we will see what happens with that. But I wish I could travel across the pond to go see Amir Khan versus Kel- – is it Amir Khan versus Kell Brook or Kell Brook versus Amir Khan?
2: Uh, I would say Khan first 'cause he you know, he's been around a little bit. No, longer.
1: Khan not first.
0: Khan is not world <laughs> champion, okay? I don't care if he's the more famous guy. He hasn't done anything significantly at welterweight. You gotta list Brooke first. I mean, that's just disrespectful.
2: So we're not giving them credit for the, the Devin win? That doesn't mean anything De- now?
0: Devin, Devin Alexander recently lost to this guy <laughs> named Aaron Martinez, in case you, you forgot. Um,
2: that's because <laughs> Khan ruined
0: him. Right. Him. Hey, hey,
1: hey, what about Cotto versus Martinez? Cotto was the A-side, and Martinez was the champion.
0: Uh, yeah, well, that's because it was Miguel Cotto, okay, a very accomplished
2: future Hall of Fame fighter
0: but Khan better not even get on the ballot for the Hall of Fame. Oh, Merrick Conn is a three-division
2: world champion. What are you talking about? Right. What would you say? I said Merrick <laughs> Conn is he a three-division world champion. Wait, when did this happen? <laughs> well, hold on. Let me make sure I got this right, didn't he? He won the title at lightweight, right? And now no, I he thought doesn't want the title at
0: lightweight. He won it at 140.
2: Uh, let me tell you. He won a welter
1: He won at super. He won a welter. He won at super lightweight. And let's
2: see. See if he won a lightweight he one. Did, he did. He, he did won won a win at
1: welterweight. Yes, he did. WGC yes, he did.
2: Silver he champion.
0: Did.
1: He won a he version won of a a title. He won the count. WBA lightweight
2: title. There you go. WBA, save the day Great. again. Three division world yep.
0: champion. WBA, when did he win the WBA lightweight title? That never happened. No, I'm, no he no, won the WBA international lightweight title. He, he won, won the, she... the WBA super lightweight title. He never actually won a world title at lightweight. I said a
1: was... version. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He won the vacant WBA international lightweight title against <laughs> the, the international international world title? It's a version of the belt.
0: <laughs> it's not a version of a world title. At the end of the day, Kyle was trying to be lightweight world champion. Then he got knocked the fuck out by Braves Prescott in less than 60 seconds. And then he moved up and went.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, actually, he did did fight Barrera, I think, two fights after. But that was like a shot-to-pieces version of Marco Antonio Barrera. A
2: a win over a Hall of Famer, nonetheless. (laughs) Right. That's
1: right. You know what?
2: And right after that, he followed it up with a win over Kotelnik. Another solid win. No, that
0: actually is one of his more impressive wins, Kotelnik. It, it is. like really beat Alexander, and he, he beat uh Margaret over Maidana, too. That was, mm-hmm. um, he was a pretty good fighter. It's a shame he had to retire. I think he had, like, back problems or something.
2: And let us not forget, Khan does have a win over Maidana, too.
0: Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Joe Cortez saved his life against Maidana.
1: I'm bad.
2: He's not giving Khan no credit. Man's Khan awful.
0: was going to get knocked out. Cortez had to tell Maidana to stop hitting him so hard. <laughs> oh,
1: well, I don't know. I don't know. My he did go to distance with Maidana, and Maidana lost the point. <laughs>
2: and and. I know you said you want to put Brooks first, but also if we look at resumes, we gotta say Khan has a better resume. Yeah, better resume
0: overall because he's fought in different weight classes. At one forty-seven, no, he's not. Not you know he does not deserve to rate higher than Brooks in any regard whatsoever. Kevin Alexander is the best welterweight one, and that doesn't really count for anything anymore.
2: So we're talking. We're talking welterweight. We're talking about how Jerry. Alexander and Collazo would be his. And I guess you want though Now Zab was at 140, so yeah, those are his, his top welterweight wins against Brooks, who has Porter. Who else would we put up there? Joe Joe Dan and well, that's about it. Yeah, so you got even that welterweight. I think Khan has a better a better. Oh uh, no, no no hold on Brooke. hold on bro.
0: we're forgetting to beat on Brooks' resume. Brooks he beat Uh well, Carson, Carson Jones. A good one. He forgot about that. Carson Jones. A good um, one. and Sanchenko also a good fighter. Um, not better than Algeria. Uh,
1: Sanchenko yeah,
2: so did
0: Malinaji beat Sanchenko? Yeah, Malinaji was at his best when he beat Sanchenko. Like that, that was like out of form, Malinaji. His his jab yeah, was man. like on steroids that night. It was, it was very impressive.
2: Speaking of Malinowski, another guy that Khan annihilated.
0: Yeah.
2: <sighs> yeah. At I'm call, Ryan, you're gonna get you gonna get Khan some credit. i give him credit at
0: 140. He was he was the top guy back at 140. At 147, not so much. I mean, he damn near got knocked out by fucking. Uh, um, uh, Riley. Uh, Chris Algeri. yeah, and, okay, and, uh, and Julio Diaz. Julio Diaz and Chris Algeri damn near knocked him out. I mean, because sometimes how you win is just as important as who you beat, okay? At least Book is, you know, running over guys. Um, although Carson Jones did give him a lot of trouble in that first fight. But that was a while ago.
2: Yeah, that was like, what, three or four years ago? Seems yeah, like it. 2012.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So I guess I'll agree. I guess it will be Brooke Kahn instead of Kahn-Brook, just based on workaway mm-hmm. resume. And he has the belt. At welterweight.
0: He's damn right. He has to All I, right. I, 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 forget, I really don't care who's A-side. As long as Book uh, knocks Khan out,
2: I'm happy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I, I would never Wait. forget Book if he lost to Khan. As
2: I was going to say, just for that, yeah. Khan's was going to win on, like, a body shot. Something crazy.
1: Right. Khan's going to take one in the whiskers, and he's going to counter punch and knock him out. Oh.
0: Speaking speaking of, of way rankings though, who who do you rate um, in the top three now?
1: Um, Pacquiao first,
0: Brook first, or 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 what? Or or is Bradley ahead of Brook now?
1: At one forty seven.
0: Yeah, I would say Bradley's ahead. So Pacquiao, Bradley, Brook. Mm-hmm. I, I think, think even ring though this has, wasn't ring already has Brook number
2: one. Nah.
1: Well, ring is another
2: good solid win, from Brooke to him over Bradley. Yeah I do yeah. Ring is tripping with that ring. Shit they got And see here's the funny Brooke? thing, you know uh Brook was trying to fight Rios. He, he was trying to happen. He would have right. knocked, knocked Rios out clean. Early.
1: Yeah, I mean Ring is Ring got don't they have um Brook at number ten on the pound for pound list?
2: Yeah they do. Yeah, that's what I was yeah. talking about earlier. I don't know where that came from.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, that that, that is a bit of a stretch.
1: Yeah, so, you know, we can't put too much. You know, I tweeted earlier that pound for pound list, you know, like people say, you know, pound for pound lists are like assholes. Everyone has one. I dare to say that pound for pound lists are more like that extra leg that's on the chicken wing that you don't eat. You don't do anything with You just cut it off. That's what pound for pound lists are more like. Because, I mean, let's look at pound for pound lists. Román Gonzalez, Sergei Kovalev, Gennady Golovkin, Andre Ward. Why is Andre Ward on the palace of Pound list? He, he, okay, I'll even justify keeping him, but at number four, okay. Rigondeaux, Klitschko, hey, hey, Crawford. On, on the
0: TFC for Pound list, Ward is number one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Enough said. Terrence Crawford, Manny Pacquiao, Yamanaka, and Kelbrook.
2: Yeah, so mm-hmm. can't be on there. No, of course he cannot be. No, you to say somebody like Estrada before. He just her.
0: lost really badly to Enzo Moreno, even though they didn't give Moreno the decision. That was a clear robbery, and I, I, I understand how you ignore something like that. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, they 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 went against the rules when um what's the name uh Pacquiao lost to to Bradley the first time. Okay, because nobody scored it for for uh, Bradley uh, among press, real you know, or a couple people did. But since it was like you know, Wiley decided that Pacquiao deserved to win, they ignored the result and they still rated Pacquiao ahead of Bradley. So if you do something Wait. like that, how how you not do it in the case of Moreno and uh, Yamanaka? Because nobody thought Yamanaka won the fight.
1: All right, Ryan, you'll love this. They have. Diego Chavez ranked ahead of Danny Garcia on the welterweight list.
0: Well, you know, he does have a draw with Bradley, and Bradley is, you know, one of the top three guys. So there is that. Look, Danny Garcia, he, all they did at welterweight is beat a uh, watchdog, uh, probably Malignaggi, okay? I mean, give him a couple fights, two rate over Chavez. It's okay to rate him at the bottom right now.
1: They've got Errol Spence at number 10.
0: Yeah, that's just too soon for that. <laughs> <laughs> I like how it's but but, uh, I mean, uh, let's be real. He, he, didn't, he didn't find anybody yet.
2: Nobody.
1: Nobody. Let's see. Well, we could do this all night. Oh, they've got uh, <laughs> for a future show, for a future record show, we'll have to do it. Or maybe we'll do a bonus show one day on, just on ratings and ranking specifically. So with that, it is late on the East Coast. It is 10 o'clock here. There's sweet potato pie in my kitchen that is waiting for me. So we will call it a night. This is after the final bell. Thank you for listening in. We'll be back on Tuesday with the ruckus. More new programming coming to the Bad Culture Radio Network. You know, you listen to the Bread and Red show. That's a monthly show. And then coming up, we're going to have another monthly show with Alan Swire, who directed the documentary El Box Sales, been in and around boxing for many, 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 many years, probably more years than we've been alive. And he's going to be doing um, a monthly show called The Uppercut, where he will give you the the real scoops of what goes on on the business side of boxing for those of you who would be interested in that. So with that, um, final words from my guys here, Ryan Bivens, final words? Um.
0: Um, Tune in for, I don't know, that's it. I forgot. Next.
1: (laughs) All right. It's my final words.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He drops from the call. That's
1: perfect. My final words is visit badculture.net. We need money to keep our podcast online, and so we appreciate your donations. Go to badculture.net. Click the donate box. Help us keep help keep us having a a platform and a voice that's contrary to all the other bullshit out there. We have our own thoughts, our own opinions, and we hope that you enjoy them. So if you do, click the donate box. If you hate them, click the donate box. Just click the donate box. Every dollar helps, and we'll be back on Tuesday with the ruckus. Thanks for listening, and good night.